Welcome to the Rebel at Large Adventure Podcast. I'm Drifter. And I'm Gypsy. Talking about ghost towns, graveyards, outlaws, heroes, and ladies of the night. Howdy folks, thanks for joining us again. This episode we are going to keep with a haunted theme for Halloween and take you with us to a haunted hotel in Virginia City, Nevada. Not Montana. No. This is the Silver Queen Hotel. Nevada has been touted as one of the most haunted states in the Union, and Virginia City, the most haunted city in Nevada. Virginia City is located at the base of the Sierra Nevada Mountains, about 23 miles south of Reno and 15 miles north of Carson City. So the Silver Queen Hotel, located in Virginia City, was formerly known as Molinelli Hotel, and it was built in 1876. Nowadays, it boasts about 28 rooms that are available for rent. And I could not find anything saying how many rooms it had prior to the renovations. Um, but you can definitely see where they've kind of changed rooms up from before to now. You could see also see that there's the Molinelli painted on the outside of the red brick building. And I'm pretty sure that this building hasn't been updated since the 1920s. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. It's not that bad, but it definitely is an old building, and they've done a pretty good job at maintaining the Old West filling. So we found an article in the Nevada Appeal where Karen Woodmancy interviewed Mr. Charles Carlson, who purchased the building in 1990 and began the remodeling. He stated in his article that, I quote, I purchased the Coal Mansion on B Street in 1979 and then the Silver Queen in 1990. The whole hotel has been restored. The hotel didn't even have bathrooms until I started the work. When he was remodeling the hotel and adding bathrooms, he also added electricity in every room. So up until the 90s, it sounds like it had no power to speak of and... No bathrooms. No bathrooms. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy to think that the rooms don't have their own bathrooms in them. Because today we're so used to going to a hotel that's got your own bathroom... Sometimes they have jetted tubs or even kitchens inside of the hotel mm, rooms. Microwaves. Yeah. But back then they actually had like a communal bathroom mm. and it was located at the back of the building. And that's why they didn't have bathrooms in all the rooms. Yeah, we've stayed a good number of places that didn't have their own bathrooms as it is. Yeah. The hostel style, like the McMinimans out in Oregon. Most of the rooms that we've been in out there don't have restrooms. Mm -hmm. and The one in Lava. Yeah, the, what is that one called? The Lava Hot Springs Inn? Yeah. In Idaho. And then where was the one in Leadwood or Leadville? Oh, yeah. That one, I think we did have a bathroom, but originally it did not as well. Or did it have a bathroom in it? Yeah, it had a bathroom in it. Yeah. it. It just had like a standing shower though, no tub. Right. Okay, yeah. So that was all stuff added in as well. Mm-hmm. So when we stayed there, we happened to notice that there was only one electrical outlet in the room. No TV, no telephone, which is kind of nice. Yeah. Uh, part of that reason is the exterior walls of the hotel are solid and pretty expensive to run electricity into all the rooms. So each room has but one outlet. Really, it doesn't matter if there is a phone in the room, though, because there is no room service. So you can't call and place an order for anything. And I don't know of any other reason why you would use a a phone in your room nowadays wake up call oh yeah that's true huh um and as far as the tv goes for us we don't even watch tv when we're home so we're definitely not gonna sit and watch tv when we go out on a trip <laughs> yeah not missing that nope 
So another thing that we noticed is the cell phone service in the rooms is pretty shitty. Could be that the ghosts are blocking the signal, or it could be that Gypsy just doesn't have the best cell phone service to begin with. Mm, I think it's probably the second one. Yeah, <laughs> quite likely. <laughs> the town of Virginia City was originally a mining town, but it's now a tourist town, so you can go and explore the whole place. Uh, the hills in this town are, we would say, pretty comparable to the hills in San Francisco. And the stairs for this hotel, they go straight up the hill, so... <laughs> They're yeah, pretty steep. They're really steep, so be prepared to hike up the stairs. Mm -hmm. um, unless you were lucky enough to find a spot behind the building, and then you would just have to walk down a few steps to get to your room. Uh, we didn't know this when we stayed there, unfortunately, so we parked in the front and had to drag everything up the stairs to get to our room. Yeah, but we happened to get a great spot right next to the entrance, so when we were walking up and down the main street, the car was right there, so that was kind of nice. Yeah, yeah, that was nice. So you'd still have to hike up the hill from the parking lot to get up to the back lot anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, be prepared. <laughs> yeah. Wear some good shoes. Yeah, and if you think that traveling with a girl is bad and that they overpack, wait till you travel with Drifter. Because uh, I think our next step is to rent a pack mule to get all of his luggage everywhere. <laughs> We'd need a Sherpa to carry him up the stairs. <laughs> also, do you remember when we went and we headed in with all of our luggage and that lady was sitting on the stairs because she's all yes. exhausted? <laughs> yeah, there was a guy at the bottom of the stairs. He held the door open for us, but he was with that gal and she was near the top. And I think her asthma was killing her. Yeah. <laughs> she couldn't make it all the way up. She had to stop. Yeah. So, and it wasn't wide enough. We had to go single file, basically, mm -hmm. with the luggage. Yeah, that's true. I forgot about that, that if you were going up it and something was coming down and you had luggage in your hands, there was no way you were going to all fit down the stairs. No way. <laughs> yeah, so each one of the rooms in the hotel is priced differently. And they have different things to offer. Some of the rooms have tall 16-foot ceilings, some have a view over the main street, some have a clawfoot bathtub. There's three floors to this hotel. The main floor has a bar, and this is where you check in for your stay. They also have a homemade breakfast of biscuits and gravy in the morning down there in the bar area. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we didn't try them because, unfortunately, I am a glutard, so I don't get to eat the biscuit part of things. No. Nope. <laughs> so we didn't get to try them. The lady said her husband gets up every morning and makes them. Yeah. Um, Made from scratch every mm -hmm. day. Yeah. So on the main floor in the back, kind of under the stairway, there is a chapel. Mm -hmm. um, if any of you are there and you feel so inclined to get hitched, I'm pretty sure they would love to help you obtain that goal. <laughs> mm -hmm. Was it there that they offered your wedding in the cemetery as well in Virginia City? Yeah, it was a different company that did it, but sure. you could get married in the cemetery there, Yeah, which is a amazing cemetery. Yeah, that's pretty cool. We'll cover that more when we cover the whole town of Virginia City. Mm -hmm. Yeah, pretty awesome. So walking around there in that main floor, there's some pretty fun pictures on the wall that show what Virginia City looked like in the past. There's a statue of Mark Twain in the corner window looking out on the main street because Virginia City is where Mr. Samuel Clemens was working for the local paper when he took on the moniker Mark Twain. Yep. Uh, also, the most iconic and most visited painting on the wall is of the Silver Queen herself. Yeah, it's huge. So the larger-than-life painting is about 15 feet tall and 8 foot wide. She's made up of silver dollars. So the whole dress is 3,261 real silver dollars making up her attire. 
Her belt is made up of 28 gold dollar pieces, and her jewelry is made out of silver dimes. Mm -hmm. She had, what, a necklace and bracelets on each arm? Yeah. I think her earrings were also coins. Yeah, I think there were, like, just one dime or something for her earrings. Mm Mm-hmm. Kind yeah. of fun. Yeah, pretty awesome. So the the two times that we've been there, I've just stood there both times wondering how much her dress would actually cost. Mm-hmm. And so we decided to do the math. And the silver in her dress is worth about $55,437. And the gold in her belt is worth about $56,000 for a total of $111,437. dollars mm-hmm. And so we did the math by adding up uh, the collector value of the coins without knowing exactly what year or condition the coins were in. So it could be more or less. And this was also calculated in September of 2020. And we note that because we all know the value of gold and silver just changes so substantially from day to day almost, it seems. Yeah. Right now it's about 10 bucks an ounce on silver, higher than it was last time I looked a couple months ago. Yeah. Um, so before you go there with the intention of trying to steal all these coins, do know that they are covered up with a giant piece of plexiglass. So mm-hmm. it's you can't just pluck them out of the wall. <laughs> yeah, you can see some of them have popped out and were shifted down and trapped in there. Remember that? We counted like yeah. three or four of them that were had lost their hold. Mm-hmm. Looked like, you remember Plinko? Mm-hmm. You would drop it down there and then they <laughs> bing, 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 bing. Yeah. That's what it looked like. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's kind of fun. So also on the ground level of the building, next to the bar entrance is a candy shop called Grandma's Fudge. Mm. You can look through the window and watch them making their fresh fudge every day, as well as a taffy pulling machine. Yeah, those are pretty fun. Uh, The first time that we were there, they were making the taffy and they load the material up on the machine and then it circulates and it pulls the taffy. Mm -hmm. So you can sit there and watch it. And then the last time we were there, they were actually making fudge. And they use like a big copper bowl and they dump all the ingredients in there and then just cook it right there in front of the window. Right in the window. Mm -hmm. You can watch your fudge cooking. Um, So in order to get to the stairs leading up to the rooms of the hotel itself, you have to go outside the bar and then there's another door just to the south. This door will take you up these crazy steep set of stairs that we talked about. After you hike up the stairs, you'll be on the first floor of rooms. Uh, There are a few more steps that take you to a few more rooms than out to the back of the hotel. Mm -hmm. But the most interesting set of stairs takes you to the top floor. And this set of stairs has a slight bend in them. And the wood railing is nowhere near high enough to use as a handle unless you're maybe five feet or shorter. (laughs) Right. Um, And this building also kind of feels like it's leaning. And it very well could be. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, like leaning downhill almost, mm-hmm. a little slant to it. So what makes this hotel so haunted? I don't even know. Aside from the fact that it was built in 1876, making it 114 years old. There are also many stories about residents, ghosts who live there. Mm-hmm. Some guests while staying there have complained about a man and a woman that will start arguing in the middle of the night. The interior walls of the hotel are paper thin And the weekend we stayed, our next-door neighbors were what we felt like maybe normally talking to each other, but we could pretty much hear them word for word. (laughs) Yeah, I think it was a drunk normal, but still they weren't hooting and hollering as it were. Yeah. Yeah, so definitely if somebody was arguing, you would absolutely be able to hear them. Oh, for sure. Ghost Uh, or not. Yeah. (laughs) On uh, March 25th, 1880, the Weekly Reno Gazette reported that a man by the name of John 
Million? Is that what we decided? I don't know. It's M-E-L-L-O-N. So if it's French, maybe it might be Mayon or just Melon with two L's. I don't know. (laughs) So he was actually found dead in his bed and they gave the following account of him. An inquest of the body was held by Coroner Brodick Tuesday. Mayon came to this city from a ranch near Reno and 10 days ago, bringing with him two milch cows belonging to Mrs. Springer. He was authorized to sell the cows, and he did so, pocketing the money and making no returns to Mrs. Springer. The owner of the cows became uneasy about the money, and last Saturday sent a man up to see about it. He hunted all about town Saturday until Sunday afternoon without finding any trace of Mayon, until he was directed to the Molinelli house, where upon entering the room, he found a man dead. The jury returned a verdict that the deceased was 45 years of age and that he came to his death from the effects of asthma. Notwithstanding this verdict, some who heard the testimony are of the opinion that it was a case of suicide. Also, I found it interesting they didn't ever say that maybe he was murdered. Yeah. It was the asthma or suicide. (laughs) Yeah, it couldn't have been murder. No. No. Um, On April 28, 1922, Edward Carney passed away, and he was the owner of the hotel at the time when he passed away, and he passed away in his very own hotel. Mm -hmm. So maybe he's one of the guests that have yet to leave. Yeah, there's a good chance of it. He's got a lot tied up in there. Uh Uh-huh. He's checking on on his guests, right? (laughs) Yeah. The Silver Dollar Lady was created sometime in the 1950s when the former owners by the name of Jerry and husband Carol Eaton got the idea to create the painting. They also wanted to pay tribute to the silver mining in the town. So Jerry was the model for the painting, and they even had postcards made up of her and her husband standing in front of it. And I think it'd be pretty cool to find one of those postcards with with the two of them standing in front of the Silver Dollar Lady. Absolutely. So Mr. and Mrs. Eaton purchased the building on March 19th, 1954 for $45,000. Um, and in today's money, that's about $450,000. Yeah. Still not a bad price for an old hotel. No. Hmm. They wasted no time in making improvements to the hotel. And on July 16th, 1954, Mr. Eaton printed an advertisement in the Virginia City News announcing the new wedding chapel. How romantic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, things where the Eatons were not that great. No. Mr. Eaton was known for his wandering eyes and roaming hands. He found the bank teller in town to be the new winner of his attentions. Mm. One night while Jerry was cleaning her shotgun, it went off, killing her instantly. Yeah, that just happens. <laughs> I'm certain that if she was the type of gal to be cleaning at a shotgun, she'd likely know to have it unloaded first. Yeah. Not to mention there isn't a step I can think of in cleaning a shotgun that would have the barrel facing you and the hammer back, or if it will happen to be a hammerless one, you would have to have it kind of upside down and slam it on the ground, basically, to drop that firing pin and shoot yourself in the chest or face or... So not an easily accomplished Not thing. very easy, <laughs> yeah. I mean, suicide with a shotgun's possible but you kind of have to use your toe to pull the trigger yeah none of it's easy yeah um it wasn't long after her passing that her husband actually married the bank teller oh and then he actually started telling everyone that the new miss eaton was the um actual model for the silver dollar lady slowly erasing jerry from history pretty sad yeah 
The asshole evil went as far as to have new postcards made up with the new Miss Eaton and him in front of the silver dollar lady saying that she was the model. So pretty shady, I think, that he did that. Yeah, whatever, huh? <laughs> Thank, good job, dude. Yeah. So Jerry's death happened to be ruled as an accident, but psychics have claimed to have spoken to Jerry, and she told them that it was a suicide. She very well could have ended her life due to a broken heart. Her husband was cheating on her and then quickly remarried after she passed away. So the way we see it, that's a pretty in good indication that he just didn't really love her anymore. I know, sad. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I keep thinking, like you said, it really wouldn't be that easy to shoot yourself with a shotgun. Mm-hmm. And women tended to not do that. I mean, still today, women tend to not kill themselves with a, a gun. Yeah, back then it would have been a lot more likely to be a laudanum overdose with whiskey, that sort of a thing. Yeah, so... I, I guess this is the 1950s, so pills would have been common at that point, right? Yeah, that's true, but... Still not shotgun. I, yeah, I have a hard time case. thinking that she would have chose a shotgun, mm -hmm. so... And being an owner of a hotel and obviously a lot of money, people have kind of this class idea. Mm -hmm. So that wouldn't have been a very class-related type of yeah. suicide. Yeah, I know. I keep thinking about that. I just don't think that's what it was, but oh well. <laughs> that was what it was ruled, I guess. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so we watched a video on YouTube of a group that did a ghost investigation at the building. And the group actually went into the chapel and they opened the door that was located behind the podium. And the man in the video said that they used to use that room to store dead bodies in it. Mm-hmm. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> so back then, they would have had to dig graves by hand to bury a person. If it was in the middle of the winter, they wouldn't be able to dig as the ground would be too frozen. It gets pretty chilly out there in the winter. Mm -hmm. So they would need somewhere to store the bodies until the ground thawed enough. They probably didn't have a morgue out there at the time. Yeah, and we know that this is true because we were at another cemetery that had a little building on it, and um, it had like a plaque by it or something that said that this building was used to store bodies in it until the ground thawed mm. for them. So it, it was common in other places aside from just Nevada. Surely. So when we were checking out of our room, Gypsy stopped and asked one of the gals that worked there if it was true, and she said no. They did not store bodies there, and the people <laughs> just like to make up these stories. <laughs> when we were there, we couldn't open the door to look inside because uh, they have it locked. But if you watch the YouTube video, you can see how small and creepy that back room is. And maybe they did store bodies there, and she was just trying not to scare us. Mm -hmm. Possibly. So Grandma's fudge that shares a spot in the building is also haunted, if you could imagine. <laughs> In the book Haunted Virginia City by Janice Oberding, the author tells about her interview with the owner, Jim Ward. Jim tells her that he hasn't experienced any ghosts personally, but tells a story about his wife working in the back room of the shop when she heard him calling her name. She came to the front to see what he wanted, but when she asked why he was calling for her, she discovered that it wasn't Jim who had been calling her name. Spooky. <laughs> so the author also writes that a former owner of the candy shop told her that every once in a while, the heavy fudge pans have toppled off the top of the refrigerator while she was busy in the office, and that there is no way the pans would have fallen without anyone's help. Yeah. Which, uh, yeah, I don't know about that. 
I know you had mentioned like, what if they put them away when they're wet on top of a fridge and then the fridge is shaking? Yeah, all refrigerators vibrate. I'm sure this is a giant industrial refrigerator, so it's going to have some vibration. Mm -hmm. So that could be the explanation. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Or it's just a ghost that really wants those fudge pans on the floor. Yeah. Yeah, could be. With those things falling, it would scare the living shit out of you, though, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, even just a small pan falling is loud, but then to have one of those big metal pans banging on the floor, and they're probably... A stack um, of them, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. And it's like a wood floor or something, so it's going to be loud for sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the reason we decided to stay at the Silver Queen Hotel was so that we could sleep in the most haunted room. And it's not room number 13. It was actually room number 11. Mm -hmm. This room is said to be haunted by a girl named Rosie. Rosie. <laughs> the story about Rosie goes that she was a prostitute and when she found out that she was pregnant, she didn't know how to handle the news. She was alone and going to have a baby. So she checked herself into the hotel, and there she killed herself in the bathtub. Read one account of her slitting her wrists. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen too much about how. So if she, you know, overdosed, poisoned herself, mm -hmm. or drowned, or what. But that's only one account that I read that said that she slit her wrists. Yeah. There's just stories of her dying there, not you know, how or what, so. Yeah, just, well, they all stated that she was in the bathtub. Yep. Uh, people say that they have heard sobbing while staying in the room. Some have also even reported of feeling somebody standing over them while they're sleeping. Clairvoyant, empathetic, right? Empathic. Empathic. <laughs> Wayne Pierce and the group Western Nevada Paranormal told a story of one of his investigations in the hotel where one of his investigators got the feeling that Rosie did not commit suicide and rather she was killed by a doctor somewhere else and placed there in the bathtub. Yeah, not so sure about that. You were saying something about abortion at the time was not legal. Yeah, it wasn't legal, so they had to perform them in secret. And um, a lot of the girls... If they died, the doctor didn't want them to be caught for doing these abortions. So they were getting life sentences themselves or something like that. It's a pretty extreme sentence. Yeah. And so the only way the authorities would know that somebody was having a, an abortion is if they actually died from one. Because if it was successful, you wouldn't go and tell everybody. Right. And get them in trouble. So they, he more than likely would have been trying to hide it if that was the case. Mm-hmm. So after we checked in, we fired up the camera and headed right up to the room, ready to catch a ghost. <laughs> I actually opened the door and Drifter had his camera ready. The only big surprise was that the bathtub being the first thing we saw once we switched the lights on in the room. <laughs> yeah, it kind of jumps right out and says, hi, I'm a little room and there's a giant bathtub and a bed and that's about it. Yep. <laughs> so the room wasn't like most hotel rooms. Yeah, it had a bathroom now, but it's pretty much just a toilet in the corner with a closet built around it. Mm -hmm. The sink is in the bedroom right next to the foot of the bed. I think we had to squeeze to get between the sink and that side of the bed. Yeah. <laughs> you could almost lay in bed and wash your hands. It's that close. The clawfoot bathtub is, as soon as you walk in, it's on the back wall, so it's the first thing you see. And this is supposedly where Rosie had killed herself. And as heavy and awkward as these things are, that may very well have been the original tub as well. 
Yeah, because how would you move them up those stairs very easily? Not easily. Yeah, so once it's up there, you're just going to leave it. <laughs> yeah, it's likely just to be there. So, and that's right at the end of the bed. Do you remember that the bathtub had some uh, pieces of wood blocking it up on the one side? Oh, yeah, because the feet were missing on the one side. Yeah, feet were missing, and maybe they had to help level it out a little bit, too, if everything was Actually leaning. leaning. <laughs> mm-hmm. That might add to that. Well, the bathtub wasn't even level, remember? it was it, The tub itself was kind of leaning. Yeah, front to back. Uh-huh. Yeah, lean back a little bit, huh? Yeah. 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 So there's no shower in this room, just a bathtub. A little surprised by that, to say the least. But <laughs> there was a handheld shower head laying in the tub, just coiled up. But yeah. But there was no mount on the wall. There wasn't a shower curtain around it. <laughs> so right. You're not really showering. It would have been great to clean it or to wash a dog, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess in the description of the room, it does say a cloth foot bathtub. It doesn't say sh- shower and cloth foot bathtub. Right. <laughs> uh, the first night that we got there, we had been driving all day and we just wanted to freshen up before we went out and explored the town a bit. So we started the water in the tub and found out that the cold water was not working at all. Mm-hmm. Usually it's the other way around. You have no hot water. Yeah. <laughs> and we realized this a little too late and the bathtub itself was probably halfway full at this point. Yeah, at least. So we had to shut the water off, and then we found some little cups that were in the room and had to take the cold water from the sink and cup it over into the tub. If anybody was watching us do this, it was probably quite comical because Drifter was standing at the sink, filling a cup up. He'd hand it off to me. I'd dump it in the tub, hand it back to him. We had like a little train going like we were putting out a fire or something. Mm-hmm. Uh probably took about 30 minutes to get enough cold water into the uh, bathtub to cool it down and get in before we boiled ourselves to death. <laughs> right. So when we stayed at the hotel, Gypsy was lame enough and forgot to bring all of our ghost hunting gear. Sorry. Yeah, so we weren't <laughs> about to drive back and get it. So <laughs> we ended up setting up the GoPro and hooked it up to a portable battery and let it run as long as it would through the night, but it only it caught a few hours, but... Yeah. We didn't see anything. We jumped on it in the morning and scrolled through it and didn't see anything more than my feet moving under the sheet. So yeah. it was and worth a try. I know. We even like got online trying to find if like a Home Depot or Walmart or um, Lowe's or something was close enough that carried. Yeah, an EMF reader. Or yeah. Anything we could have used. Nope, nothing. Not a- <laughs> so on our final night of staying at the hotel, the town had literally turned into a ghost town. It was Sunday night, and all the weekend festivities were over. We stayed there over Memorial Weekend, and they do like a big parade that Saturday, and um, all the bars are open, and everyone's out having a great time. But by Sunday night, it was gone. Vacant. Yeah, so Drifter actually rode his electric skateboard up and down the streets, trying to get some footage of the town, but the road was way too bumpy, and when we tried to watch it, it was kind of making us sick just seeing the camera bouncing mm-hmm. um and did you try and ride it on the um sidewalks because they're the the wooden sidewalks no, no it wouldn't have worked on that oh, okay because that would have been even bumpier <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so then he decided to get his drone out and fly that around town and he was able to go up and down the road a few times before the battery died and on its way back to land he didn't see the pole sticking out of the building, and the drone actually caught it, sending it just 
smacking on down to the ground. Yeah, it was on the auto return to home, and I navigated it to clear the building so it didn't land on top of the building, but I didn't notice anything else sticking out of the side. It was on mm-hmm. the dark side of the parking lot. And a little bit of a surprise as it's slowly coming down, and then just all of a sudden takes a dive right underneath the van, crashing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we couldn't figure out what it was till the next day. Yeah, we saw the, it was like a sign holder or something jutting out of the building. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So at this point, battery in the skateboard's dead, the drone's broken, and we figured it was a good time to just go walk around the hotel and see what we can see and explore it on our own. Yeah. So at night, the hotel bar was closed, so we couldn't go into the ground level part of the building to explore it, which would have been fun at night. Yeah. Uh, it could be just a COVID. I know that it's been open in the past. We've had a drink there in the evening. I don't mm-hmm. think that it stays open all night, like a lot of the bars around town, but it was just not open at all for service with yeah. the COVID stuff. Yeah, you can join like a ghost tour, mm-hmm. and then they um, will let you go in there with the group. Right. But I don't even think they were doing that while we were there. Yeah, we didn't see anybody walking around doing, mm-hmm. the, doing the ghost tours. So. Nope. So during the day, though, we did do some walking around and exploring on our own, and we noticed a pretty odd feeling as you step into the chapel. Yeah, Drifter even joked about the feeling being connected to marriage and how it is the end of your life. As you knew it. <laughs> <laughs> but what if the stories are true and the back of the room was used to store dead bodies in it? Mm, could be. That might be the feeling we're feeling. Yeah, what if? Yeah. Uh, but also, if you remember, we told you earlier, Mr. Ian built the chapel. And what if he married his new wife in that chapel after Jerry passed away? Mm-hmm. Maybe she's the one haunting the chapel? Could be. What if he built it to marry her? That no. would be shady. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, since the basement was closed, we quietly walked up and down the hallways, not knowing if anyone else was staying at the hotel besides us and our our cowboy next door neighbors there. <laughs> we only knew they were there because we could hear them, obviously. Oh, yeah. We didn't ever pass them in the hallway or anything. No, but we saw them outside uh, drinking coffee. Yeah. Um, we recognized them because of their voice. Yeah, we heard them talking. It's like, that's our neighbors. Yeah. Oh, hey, I know your voice. <laughs> yeah. So we did quickly notice a small door next to the second set of steep stairs. It was locked with a deadbolt. So no way to really check out inside and see mm-hmm. what else was in there. And there was another door next to that, but it was also locked too. Yeah, the small door would have been cool to see what was in it because it was maybe two feet tall. Yeah, just probably a crawl space under the uh, under the stairs there. Yeah. Or a Harry Potter room. Yeah. <laughs> the 13 and three quarter room. <laughs> so once you go up that windy set of stairs that we talked about to get to the top floor, they have a railing. That wraps around an opening that allows you to look down onto the second floor. Mm -hmm. And at one point, one of the owners got smart and actually put a railing over the top of it so you can still look down there. You just can't fall down there anymore. (laughs) Not as easily. Yeah. Um, It was a little freaky standing up there and looking down. And uh, we were right above like our bedroom door was where one of the opening was. And I kept kind of waiting to see if we could see a ghost walking downstairs. Mm -hmm. And then above that opening is a skylight, probably just to let some light in prior to having electricity in the building. It would have been pretty dark, so they would have maybe used that to allow light even down into the second floor. I'm sure. Mm -hmm. So while upstairs, we noticed the door to room 22 was left open just a little bit. 
Neither of us really dared to open the door and look inside. We didn't want to find somebody laying naked on their bed and <laughs> happen to forget to <laughs> shut the door entirely. So we could see that it was pitch black ill inside there and we just kind of kept waiting for the door to open up a little bit further, maybe on its own. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we had the camera trained on it for a little while. Yeah. We're just hoping and not hoping that something would poke its head out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The building used to share a wall with another hotel before it burned down. That space is now actually a parking lot for the Bucket of Blood Saloon, which is across the street from the hotel. Mm -hmm. The other wall of the hotel is shared with another building. Therefore, there are very few windows that actually look outside. But when they remodeled the hotel, they added windows to some of the rooms. But the windows just actually look out into the hallway. So as we were walking around at one o'clock in the morning, we kind of kept looking at the curtains in the rooms to see if we could see any movement and if maybe a ghost was in there kind of fluttering the curtains, mm-hmm. um, we, but we didn't see anything. So, <laughs> yeah, Though we didn't really personally have any ghost experiences during our stay, there are plenty of stories and YouTube videos of folks that have. Mm-hmm. Um, but if uh, ghost hunting is not your thing, and I totally understand, the hotel is still a really fun and neat place to stay and worth going and checking out. And you also have the added benefit of being able to just walk down the stairs and you're right there on the main street. Yeah. The previous hotel that we stayed at was pretty much at the end of town. So we would actually drive into town to go have a drink and check out the, the downtown area. Yeah, that's... It wasn't super far. We could have walked, but it was cold at that point in time, too. Yeah, I feel like we went like in late October, so it was pretty chilly and not really worth walking down, I guess, Mm -hmm. (laughs) when you can get in the car with the heater. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Virginia City, Nevada is a lot of fun, and the town itself is worth a visit. And we'll talk more about it itself on a later episode, but today we just wanted to tell you about the haunted hotel part for the Halloween stuff. Yeah, well... There you have it, folks. Thank you again for joining us. Yes. Wait, do you have any more dad jokes for us? Actually, I do. It's a Halloween one. Oh, we can't wait. <laughs> so what do monsters do? What do monsters turn on in the summertime? Uh, pray tell. The scare conditioning. <laughs> Instead of the air conditioning, it's scare conditioning. <laughs> Come on, you know it's funny. You're funny. (laughs) Well, (laughs) there we got it. Yep. So we'll put up some uh, pictures of our visit to the website. Yep. And the website is rebelatlarge.com. There you can find links to our Instagram, which is at rebelatlarge. And we put links to our other social media up there as well. Mm-hmm. So we encourage you to check out the website the, where we're putting all the pictures. We're attaching them to each episode. So instead of going back and scrolling through two or three months or a year or whatever of pictures on Instagram, you can just go to episode four, five, six, whatever you're looking for and yeah. find the pictures attached to that. So it's a blog style website. Yeah, makes it easier to pull up stuff. So Absolutely. And if you haven't been to the website, really go check it out because Drifters put a lot of time into it. Yeah, and you can send us an email from there too. Yeah, it, yep, it's attached on there. So so if you get the chance, don't be afraid to leave us a five-star review. review. We would appreciate it as well. Yes, we would. All righty, folks. Safe travels. We'll see you all down the road. <laughs>